Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Good morning! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's time to wake up. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show. Your early morning shot of sports on 95.7. The game. Yes, sir. Good morning, family. Stephen Langford in with you. 95.7 The Game. 888-957-9570 is, of course, the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in on anything that I'm talking about today. And I wanted to start off the first half of the show talking about the Golden State Warriors and their win over the Pacers. And we also got some 49ers to talk about because we had the NFC West showdown between the Rams and the Cardinals, and it proved to be a relatively interesting game throughout, and then it felt like the Rams were really going to blow things open there, but uh, the Cardinals managed to at least make it a game. But there's a lot to get to here uh, when it comes to talking about the Golden State Warriors and their 102-100 win over the Pacers. Now, I want to go through the final minute and a half of the game. Because that's when it was most crucial. Overall, an ugly game. (laughs) It was not great. Uh, I'll say this before we get to anything throughout the game. They need to get through this one against the Knicks today because they had mechanical issues with their flight last night. And they are doing the classic fly and play in the same day. Where they're going to be flying all the way to New York from Indiana, which isn't that far, obviously, from Indianapolis. And they're going to have to get ready to play the Knicks. But they need this break leading up to that game against the Celtics. Because it doesn't get much easier than this. It doesn't get much easier because on Friday, you got to go all the way to Boston. In terms of traveling, at least. you got to go to Boston. Then you got to go to Toronto. And then you get the day off and you're on your way back home to face the Kings on the 20th on Monday. So still a little bit left to go in this road trip. But this two-day break is needed. Now, the Warriors throughout this game... The three-point record with Steph Curry, he needs one to tie it right now. It still looms large, and in the first half, he was two of seven overall from uh, from the three-point line, and no one else on the team was really helping him. Three of 14 overall in the first half, and then in the second half, started to pick things up a little bit, and he knocked down two in the third quarter, But he only knocked down one of five in the fourth. And you can tell that it's starting to really loom over their heads. And I think they're at the point now where ever since that Blazers game, they just really want to, they just want to get it over with. But let's get to what happened within the game because at this point, it is 98 to 97. You got about, uh, you got, you got about two minutes left in the game. And then Steph Curry, for one, just knocks down to three to put him one put him up 198. Pacers again lead by five. Curry off the screen. Curry steps, fires a three over Sabonis. Got it! There's number five. He's one away from the record, but more importantly, he's made it a one-possession game. So he did that. 
And at that point, that's when everyone is starting to worry, especially the Pacers. The Pacers, like I said last week, you do not want to be that team that gives up the three-point record or at least gives up the tie. Because when they're going to be going back on that shot and looking back on it in the in the history files, whenever they're playing it on, I don't know, whatever Sports Center is going to turn into in 2040, you know, in the, way down in the future when this when Steph Curry's career is all said and done, and we're looking back on this three point record, you don't want to be the team on the screen. I mean, Ace fans, you know what I'm talking about. You don't want to be the team that had Kirk Gibson hit one of the most legendary home runs against you. You have to see it all the time and be reminded. You do not want to be that team. So after Steph Curry knocks down that three, the Pacers are going to be playing tough against them, against guarding the three. And instead, later on in the game, when he has a moment, there's about a minute and a half left, and he has an opportunity to knock down a three. They actually drew up a really nice play uh, out of the timeout, and somehow they got the ball to Steph, who was wide open. It was it was, it was was the ball to Kavon, then to Draymond. Draymond sets a screen back to Kavon, then to Steph, and he gets an open three at the wing, the place where he's most dangerous, and uh, it does not knock it down. Very surprising. And then Kavon Looney would end up following it up. But he made a driving layup. Curry did. That was huge in the game because, again, they were blitzing Curry, two defenders going at him, and he managed to tie the game with this layup. 100-98. They rise as one here at Gamebridge Fieldhouse. Curry off a screen by Looney. Curry down the lane, stops to the limb, scores! Turned around his back, he wanted to get an and one, didn't get it. You're exactly right. That's exactly what he was playing for. Timeout, Indiana, 47.2 to go. We're tied at 100. So you're tied at 100. And then that play with Curry happens where they get him wide open in the in the wig. And then Looney, I don't know how the hell he made this. Curry off the pick by Looney. Backs up. They show double team. Pass to Looney to Draymond. Back to Curry for three. Off the rim. Rebound loose. Battle tipped to Looney who shoveled it up and in. Looney just threw it up in traffic and it went in. Warriors lead by two. It's 102-100. A prayer was answered. He got the offensive rebound, and shout out to Kevon Looney, man. Kevon Looney has been playing so tough on this uh, on this road trip so far, going up against a guy like Joel Embiid, who is an MVP candidate when he's healthy as a big man. You're playing Miles Turner and DeMontis Sabonis, and I don't care what's going on with the Pacers right now. They're probably going to be rebuilding. Those players that we just saw last night with uh, Karis LeVert and Sabonis and Miles Turner, they're probably not even going to be on the team uh, anytime soon because, well, maybe Sabonis will, but these guys all want out. It's just not working well in Indiana. However, those are still two of the bigger, uh, uh, two of the better big men in the league. And when he made that shot, Kevon Looney, that is, first off, I don't know how he did how he did that. I mean, he got the offensive rebound, and it didn't look like he aimed at all. I, I don't even know. that He looks like he was maybe going up for a hook shot. I don't know, but he just kind of floated it in. You know, it, there's a there's a moment in Space Jam. I can't remember who it was. Was it Wayne Knight? When Wayne Knight gets you know inflated and like Space Jam does because it's an animated movie, he gets inflated and 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 eventually. Um, you know, was floating around like a balloon and somehow pops the basketball in still. If, if I'm trying to, I'm, my memory's trying to serve me, but pretty much what I'm saying is he got hit and wasn't even aiming for the, aiming for the hoop and the ball goes in. That's exactly what happened with Kavad Ludi. He got the offensive rebound and he just threw the ball up. I don't know how it went in, but he makes that he makes that putback 102 to 100 and the Pacers have 13 seconds left and they get a full timeout. And what does Steve Kerr do? He puts in two guys, Gary Payton the second and Juan Toscano Anderson, two of your better defenders. He puts in Gary Payton for Steph and then JTA for Otto Porter Jr. But it was Gary Payton that we're paying attention to all the way here. Gary Payton, first off, is on Malcolm Brogdon. 
and then he switches on to Sabonis for a quick second. Then he switches on to Levert. Levert tries taking the ball to the hoop, and Gary Payton was having none of it. Payton now guarding Levert, top of the key. Puts it on the deck, lost the handle, falls down, falls out of bounds. It's going to be Warriors' ball. Gary Payton locked him up with 2.2 to go. Curry to come back in. It was such a nice defensive play. The footwork that he had, that he used in order to at least get the stop to close out on Karis LeVert when he was trying to go up. There was no way that he was going to be getting that shot up once he was going one-on-one with Gary Payton. And that's why you have him. And I'm very interested, and this is the type of thing I, I want to see uh, when it comes to the playoffs. As we're looking you know, way deep into the future, assuming that the Warriors do make the playoffs, but I want to see if they're in this situation where Gary Payton's on the bench and they're up by two and all they need is a score in order to tie the game. I want to see this from GP2 in the playoffs, this type of move, because we're going to see it again in the regular season, no doubt. No doubt, because GP2 is that defensive specialist, but I want to see it in the playoffs. I think Gary Payton's going to make his name known even more, because he's already done the dunking on national TV and everything, so people know who GP2 is, uh, but I want to see him do that when it comes to the playoffs. That would be great. Could you imagine that? You know, let's just say they're going up against the Suns in the in the Western Conference Finals and the Warriors are up by two in a game and they got to take, I don't know, Devin Booker going up against GP2. <laughs> I'd love to see that. But, man, they're lucky they got that win 102 to 100 because the Pacers just didn't seem to pull away whenever Steph was turning the ball over, not knocking down any of his shots. Some of those, I mean, they were just they were just warm-up threes for Steph. And I don't know, I was I was listening to Kalena and Fitz on the broadcast, and of course you can listen to all Warriors games here on 957 the game as well with the voice of Tim Roy as I've been playing highlights from him. But I was listen, watching the TV broadcast and they were saying, you know, maybe there's something to Steph making those contested shots, having hands in his face. Maybe there's a familiarity with that because he's always got so many people covering him when he has wide open threes like he does here. And there's that record, which is looming over him. Maybe there's a a, a little extra added pressure there uh, with Steph. But throughout that game, there were just... Uh, they were just lazy turnovers, lazy possessions. I saw a lot of it yesterday where it was just, you know, maybe get one pass to see if one guy's open, take a three that it has a guy closing in on him instead of trying to make the extra pass, even though you have, uh, you know, a solid 17, 18 seconds of time left on the play clock. Like, I, 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 I thought on the shot clock, excuse me. I thought there were some lazy possessions in that game and just lazy turnovers. Lazy turnovers, not a lot of energy. I liked what Kevon Looney showed me, and there's also one guy in the second quarter who came in to give them a little bit of a boost, uh, and that is Jonathan Kaminga. Now, Jonathan Kaminga uh, did not play a whole ton in this game. He uh, came in in the second quarter, though, to give them some sort of boost of athleticism, and I don't pay too much attention to the plus-minus category throughout games. Because the plus-minus category can be, you know, kind of skewed, right? You have a guy who's in there for 35, 36 minutes of the game. The plus-minus could totally be dictated by the ebbs and flows of the game, the streakiness of the game, and those numbers could be either inflated or deflated depending on how your team is playing. So I try not to take too much stock into it, but I can't help but look at the plus 11 in the plus-minus column next to Jonathan Kaminga's name after six minutes of work. After six minutes of work. Now, he was one of three shooting and one of two from the line. I mean, right from his first possession, the first time he touched the ball, he took it to the hoop. And that's the type of energy that you're going to need from this guy uh, later down the stretch. But I think the plus number right there... All you have to do, if you want to see how much he impacted the game in his six minutes of time, the plus 11 shows you that he at least did something to impact the game. It's the same with JTA. JTA on his 13 minutes on the floor had a 
terrible foul called on, uh, called on him, which I did not like. They put it up under, uh, they put it up for challenge, but it just it it, it didn't even uh, pan out. They they lost that challenge, which doesn't happen too much uh, with the Warriors. But in his 13 minutes of time, he was a plus nine on the court. So the impacts that those guys from the bench were making when your starters are starting to waver uh, a little bit. Jordan Poole didn't get up, you know, his usual 15 shots. He only got up uh, nine in this one, and he was one of four from three um, in his 28 minutes of time. Kavon Looney, again, was was great. I'm not, I don't have any complaints about what Kavon Looney did, and Draymond Green was awesome scoring the basketball. I mean, I heard uh, I heard him on with uh, Bonte and Mully and Durrell after the game. And he was saying that, you know, when Steph's in a lull like this and when he's got that sort of record looming over him and you have the opportunity to score points, he's going to do that. And Draymond did that with his 15 points of his own. Um, So it was a collective effort yesterday to get that win. And it was also a uh, bad game by the Pacers there, too. The Pacers, everyone else besides uh, uh, no one else besides DeMontis Sabotis was scoring with that much efficiency, although Malcolm Brogdon was good in this game. But Sabotis was just an absolute monster. I mean, there was a sequence there with Sabotis where he got the block uh, even though they wanted to the goaltend. I think it was on JTA. And then he came all the way on the other end of the court and got an alley-oop dunk. I mean, it was... It was he, he had a good game. I, I really like Sabotis' game. I think he's awesome. He was 30 points, 11 rebounds. Damn. No assists, though, for Sabonis. That's surprising. No assists. Normally, he's got a he's got a pretty high usage rate, and then he you know he likes to pass out of the elbow. That's normally what they do. Interesting that he had no assists last night. Alright. Coming up next, though... When we are saying that the Steph Curry three-point record is looming over them, well, wait till you hear what they had to say post-game because they are being brutally honest about how this three-point record is taking away from their game a little bit. I got Steve Kerr, I got Draymond Green, I got Steph Curry, I got Kevon Looney, I got a bunch of sound to play for you on the other side. Stephen Langford in on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. It was written in the Warriors scroll on the 75th anniversary. Steph Curry would have some of his least efficient games ever since the three-point record was in conversation. And now he's going to New York where he had his coming out party, as they say, where he scored 54 points on February 27th back in 2013. 11 of 13 from 3, and now he needs 2 in order to break the record, and that is, of course, Steph Curry. Now, last night was not that great of a game, as we as we talked about in the first segment. Relatively sloppy by the Warriors. Luckily, the Pacers just can't knock down a 3. Overall, they were 7 of 30 from the line, and they got to the free throw line 31 times, and they had a 13-point advantage from the free throw line, but the Warriors had the points in the paint advantage, and then they had the advantage of actually knowing what to do in the final minute and a half of a game. So the Warriors ended up getting the win, 102-100. to However, Steph is still just one away from tying Ray Allen's record and two away from breaking it. Now, we've been saying 
you know, this record's looming over them. They're clearly playing a different brand of basketball. And, and they're trying to force Steph Curry shots. Steph's trying to force too many, uh, just uh, trying to force too many open looks for himself as opposed to getting the teammates to create the open looks for him. Um, he had a couple, a few turnovers yesterday, a couple of bad pass turnovers, especially one toward the end of the second quarter where he just heaved it. But there were also a couple off the dribble too where he just lost a step and, and lost control of the ball. And we've been saying that, but if you've been wondering, what Steve Kerr and Draymond Green and Steph Curry had to say. I mean, listen to this. But before we do actually get to what Steve Kerr said, I did mention that at the in, in terms of plus minus, and this is just a non sequitur here, but with the plus minus, there's you only take so much stock into it with the guys who are playing a lot of minutes because the game is so streaky that these guys can be on the floor even though they hadn't made an impact, and the plus minus could really fluctuate throughout the game depending on how it's going you know the i mean if the other team is just not knocking down any threes and your team happens happens to have Steph Curry on it and he happens to score I don't know, five and a quarter or something crazy like that then your plus minus is most likely going to go up but with Jonathan Kaminga yesterday and his 6 minutes of time he was a plus 11 on the floor so it's little little nuances to the game that make an impact and something that he brought was his defense his athleticism he got a as soon as he touched the ball he scored a bucket and on the other side he got a stop on DeMontis Sabonis who'd really been killing the Warriors all game outside of uh, really Kavon Looney but here's what Steve Kerr had to say about Steph Curry's plus minus after the game because Curry was a plus 17 in this one it's funny you know, he's plus 17 on a night when didn't shoot it that well at seven turnovers. You know, not not a great game for him, but he's the high plus minus person in the game. Two Steph is he he impacts the game so profoundly just with his presence, and then he always finds a way to to get going when when he needs to. And uh, so obviously some huge shots late. So even Steve Kerr is saying, ah, oh, the plus minus there is a little, it, 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 it's a little, a little skewed. It doesn't tell the full story of what happened because after all, Steph Curry did have seven turnovers. Uh, but here's what he had to say about Curry trying uh, maybe a little too hard to break the record. I'm doing my best Steiny impression here. I think he's been trying a little bit too hard in the last few games, you know, just trying to, to make threes and get to this record. It'll be a relief for him, I think, and for our team when, when, he, when he does break it. But I just think he's been trying a little bit too hard. And a lot of them have been coming, you know, out of blitzes. He's coming off pick and roll and just needs to make the simple pass. He knows that, but he's kind of trying too hard. <laughs> I mean, when you hear, when Steve Kerr is saying that, that means something. We just need to get this thing out the way. Please just make the two three pointers and continue on. Carry the hell on, as Kendrick Perkins would say. And just, and just bolster it. Keep keep bringing the numbers so far up that no one is going to break it anymore. I think that's where we're at as Warrior fans. Now, please, just make the two three-pointers because this brand of basketball that they've been playing lately, it has not been a very fun brand to watch. A lot of it seems forced, and there's something different about watching these games. When Steph does not make the two warm-up threes, when he starts out that game with the Blazers, with an air ball. It's those types of moments there that are just deflating. And it brings the energy down on the team. It brings the energy level of the fans down. You know, you start hearing talks about it after the game. I guarantee you, there's going to be one pundit out there, probably Skip Bayless, who is going to say, Steph can't make the three in the big moments. <laughs> I guarantee you that's going to happen on one of these shows today. It's not going to be with Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. Smith seems to love the Warriors this season. I don't think he's going to say anything bad about Steph. I don't think any of those guys on ESPN are going to say anything bad about Steph. But Rob Parker, uh, Skip Bayless, I am fully expecting today to see at least one little clip, because I don't watch their shows, but I'm going to see one clip on Twitter where it's a video posted with the quote, Steph can't make the three in the big moments when when, ev- when the weight is on his shoulders. 
Oh, we're going to see that, aren't we? Good Lord. But that's what Steve Kerr had to say. He just said, Steph's trying a little too hard. But here's what Draymond Green had to say. He gave a well-thought-out answer here on whether he thinks the team is trying too hard. Subconsciously, you you just want him to get the record. So even if you're not going into the game saying, I'm going to give Steph the ball every time, subconsciously, you want him to get the three up. And, you know, that's always a good option. So it's not like you're trying to fit a, a square peg into a round hole. Like, we play that way anyway, where we're trying to get stuff loose. So are we looking for him a little more? Maybe. But I know analytics is heavy, so I would love for an analytical guy to go see if he's getting the ball more than he normally does. I don't really think so. But in saying that, if we're playing against a set defense every time, Steph's going to have the ball. That's Our, our, our offense is built around Steph Curry. And the last two, three games, we played against a set defense every play. We're not getting out in transition, really, because we're fouling, turning the ball over. And these guys are giving them their best shot every single game now. That's where we're at with the Warriors. From this point on, ever since they took that top spot within the Western Conference, there's nothing a team likes more than taking that away from whoever's the top-seeded team. So right now, the Warriors are 22-5. and And they need to get rid of this three-point record. Just just be done with it so they can get back to playing their brand of Warriors basketball. Now, they got the 22-5 and five last night, which puts them above uh, the Phoenix Suns, and we'll see how they do against the New York Knicks. But that break is much needed because I think this, this Warriors team, they just, seem, they just seem tired right now. They just seem gassed. They need a point where they have... You know, two games off here leading up to Friday night against Boston. And I, you know what, whenever they're saying they're forcing shots to Steph, I'm not going to be mad at that. You know, more often than not, I'm happy when Steph has the ball in his hands. I'm okay if they try and force the ball to Steph anyway. But I'm just at the point, too, where I just think, all right, let's get it over with. I really thought he was going to tie it. I really thought he was going to tie it last night because it was a beautifully drawn-up play where they managed to get him open in his most dangerous spot, which is on the wing. Uh, Kurt Goldsberry, who's a big NBA analytics guy, I, I believe formerly of ESPN. You know what? Let me just double-check this so I can so I can verify here and, and, and make sure I get the, uh, the right attribution. Uh, Kurt Goldsberry posts these shooting maps, though. And it shows the leading scorers by zone. Yes, NBA analyst at ESPN. All right, we are all good here. And by zone, Steph Curry, from the top of the three-point line, from the right wing, he's the best. The leading scorer by those zones from behind the three-point line. So they had him in a spot where he's going to, more often than not, knock down that three. And then he didn't, and he did it with defenders chasing after him. That's what he's most used to at this point. Doing the falling over three where he's got one leg up in the air and you know he's still got the right hand up with the ar- with the hand arched. I thought that one was going in to tie the record. That would have been sick, but it didn't. But it didn't and ended up Kavad Looney put in this awesome putback. Curry off the pick by Looney. Backs up. They show double team. Pass to Looney to Draymond. Back to Curry for three. Off the rim. Rebound. Loose battle. Tip to Looney who shoveled it up and in. Looney just threw it up in traffic and it went in. Warriors lead by two. It's 102-100. A prayer was answered. <laughs> just, just fl- I don't know how else to describe it other than he flailed the ball into the hoop. Kevon Looney, that is. And again, watch that defensive possession, that last possession of the game for the Pacers when they had 13.4 seconds left on the clock. Watch Gary Payton switch and then switch on to Levert. Gary Payton said, yo, this is mine. He communicated here. I'm going to stick in my zone. Whoever's going to be at the top of the three-point line is most likely going to be taking the ball in. I will take whoever's handling this basketball right now. Let me take him. And it was beautiful. He put him into a position where Karis LeVert wasn't going to get the shot up, and the Warriors ended up winning 102-100. to And now they go to New York, where Steph is more than likely going to break the record. 
And that'd be really cool to do it in a place where he scored 54 points in 2013 on 11 of 13 shooting. Those are the types of games you look at and pinpoint and say, oh, the three-point shot is more effective than the two-point shot. If I just heave up a ton of these and I could do it with accuracy, oh, I'm going to be getting one point more than the other team. This can add up toward the end of the game. And then there's also the fact that the Steph Curry's parents wanted him drafted to New York in the first place. They wanted him to be on the New York Knicks. And instead he came to Golden State uh, to the Golden State Warriors and wasn't there a, a, a moment where Dell and Sonia said they didn't even know where Golden State was? <laughs> like that's how bad the Warriors were at that point. They just didn't even know who the Golden State Warriors were. And now he could go back to New York. Oh, it is poetic. It is poetic the way that it played out, but it has been a bumpy ride along this uh, along this trail. I was about to say along this poem. What? It's not a poem in Braille. All right, coming up next, some 49ers talk. I want to get to what Kyle Shanahan had to say. Plus, let's take a look at Nick Bosa's numbers, shall we? Because Nick Bosa... I mean, he's making a case here for a defensive player of the year. We'll get to that next. Stephen Lankford in on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Lankford. Good morning, everybody. Stephen Lankford in with you. Hope you are having a great Tuesday. And before we get to some football on the other side, we are getting some texts here about Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors that I do want to respond to from the... Oh, boy, we got a lot. From the 408, yes, sir, with the no voice crack. Yeah, finally got it. Good Lord, yesterday was brutal. From the 574, yeah, this record is definitely looming over them, and you can tell it's affecting the way they play a little bit. Steph just needs to get the record so the team can move on. The Pacers are a sneaky good team. Do not count them out. They're only going to get better as the years progresses. I thought they were a good team, but it turns out they're in turmoil right now. There has to be something going on within that organization from the top down because they got some good players. They got some talent on the team. I like Malcolm Brogdon, and really he's one of those guys that won Rookie of the Year that no one ever talks about winning Rookie of the Year because some of those dudes just flame out. But Malcolm Brogdon quietly has been a very good basketball player. Karis LeVert, whenever he's healthy and on the court, he's gone through so much in his career, and I got the utmost respect for Karis LeVert and what he's been through throughout his NBA career. He's a really good player. DeMontis Sabonis, I think he's one of the best young players in the game right now. Miles Turner, I've always liked Miles Turner's game. Before I knew who the draft picks were going to be in Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody, hell, I was entertaining the option of bringing Miles Turner to Golden State prior to the season. I was into it, but then, you know, something is clearly not right there, and maybe it's the hiring of their new head coach, Nick Rick Carlisle. Um, Nate Bjorkman was their guy last year. He was the former Raptors assistant. It didn't work out in the end. They just didn't do anything in the season. They're they're an odd team. They really are. I don't know. I don't know if they're sneaky good. I think they got some talented players, but they don't really have a, a lot of depth after those guys that I just mentioned. Some of those dudes on the starting five are good, um, but other than that, not a whole lot to work with. And you know, I understand some of their guys uh, are hurt right now and haven't come back into the game. T.J. Warren, um, T.J. McConnell, <laughs> both both T.J.s on that team uh, 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 haven't been hurt this season. But something's clearly up there because you don't get those reports that you know they're looking for a rebuild and guys are receptive to trade talks. Like that's not, yeah, you're not in a good place as an organization if that sort of stuff is happening. From the eight three one, Curry will be the official king of New York when he sets the new record. From the five one zero, good morning, nice guy. I love how Kalena explained Looney's rebound. It was like a receiver in football waiting for a tip on the hail mary. Loon is always in the right position, and the rebound that you're talking about is this one off of the Steph Curry missed three that could have tied Ray Allen's record. Curry off the pick by Looney, 
Backs up. They show double team. Pass to Looney to Draymond. Back to Curry for three. Off the rim. Rebound loose. Battle tip to Looney who shoveled it up and in. Looney just threw it up in traffic and it went in. Warriors lead by two. It's 102-100. A prayer was answered. <laughs> From the 424, Dub Nation taking over in the garden tonight to witness history. And then also for the 408, this is typical, trade Wiseman and Looney for Miles Turner. Yeah, anytime you bring up anytime you bring up a trade, I mean that's that's always what happens. From the 510, the little slump that Curry's going through reminds me exactly of Barry Bonds each time he was approaching a milestone, a milestone, just rolling along, gets right up to the milestone and just goes stagnant. But then after he would break it, he would come out of that slump and just be rolling along like nothing. That's Joe from Hayward. You see that all the time. Right when A-Rod was going for his 3,000th hit. Derek Jeter going for his 3,000th hit. Uh, you didn't really see that so much from Ichiro because of how good Ichiro is. Uh, Albert Pujols when he was going after his 3,000th hit. Hell, Albert Pujols when he was looking to go past Willie Mays in the all-time home run record. These things do weigh on you. They do. And Steph, you could tell the body language just isn't there. His confidence, I always, we, anyway, five for 15 last night. I mean, it's not a good shooting night for Steph, but man, how many guys have actually gone five for 15 before? Need to put that in a little bit into perspective. But ever since that game against the Blazers, where the 16 three pointers were talked about and everyone was calling me a downer just because I said, ah, aren't we, uh, aren't we a little, aren't we getting a little too over our skis with that one? Do we think 16 threes is, uh, realistic? Is that a realistic achievement in one game? Can we just give it some time, please? But in these last three games, ever since that Blazers game, let me just, let me just do the math here on the fly. Overall, he has had, in these past three, 46 three-pointers shot. And he's made 14 of them. 14 out of 46 is 30%. That's, that's, not, that's not Steph Curry-like numbers right there. 30% is not good. So you can tell that there is something certainly wrong with what's going on with Steph Curry right now. But once he gets past this record, which I'll assume he does tonight... Kerr, Kerr joked to the media yesterday, yeah, I'm going to sit him. <laughs> I'm going to sit him tonight. And really, I, 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 you know, I really want him to break it in New York, but I do think the guy needs some rest. I mean, if you want to give him the night off tonight, you're going up against a New York Knicks team, which is going to be incredibly tough defensively. Uh, but when your guy is shooting 10% below his uh, season average, when he's shooting 30% in the past three games compared to 40% all season, I wouldn't be too mad if they gave him the night off and just said, hey, we'll give you Tuesday off, take Wednesday and Thursday, we'll go to Boston on Friday, and you could just break the record there. But they can't do that. They're not going to do that on – he's not going to do that on national TV. Um, you know, with every with all eyeballs on him, the guys on NBA on TNT inside the NBA, they're going to be on the call for it. It's it's going to be a uh, – it's going to be a, a – a big night for Steph once he does knock down that three. I wonder if they're going to do anything. Because when they tie the record, the, the MSG is going to go nuts. But what are they going to do if they if he breaks it? Are they going to give him like a timeout? Are they going to say, oh, are they going to just you know let him wave? Are they going to give him a little you know a little standing ovation? What are they going to do? I mean, I guess that's what makes it so special at, when it's at home, right? You just you're going to get more of a a reception. I'm sure they'll give him some time, though. I'm sure they'll give him some time. I mean, Steph talked about it. Steph talked about the crowd's reaction to his threes. I mean, they've been playing these two games in Philly and Indiana, and the crowd's going nuts anytime he shoots a three. Uh, I appreciate the support. I know I'm blessed to play at this level and do something pretty historic and really feeling a part of the journey. And like I said, it's, it's a different vibe when you're on the road and you get that reaction. Even if you miss, like I had probably three of them that went in and out, and it was a pretty loud kind of uh, roar, so – Special time, obviously. You know, when you're trying to do something special, you want to enjoy the uh, the atmosphere and the support and all that. And I, I appreciate it. And he's going to be getting even more of that tonight in New York. So I'm I'm sure Spike Lee is going to be in the crowd. A whole bunch of different rappers are going to be in the crowd. I'm sure. Been seeing a lot of them lately. 
It's been awesome. I do like watching those guys in the crowd, <laughs> seeing their reactions. I mean, there was one with Big Sean back when he was in Detroit, and I think the guy that he was with, I don't know who it was, but he spilled uh, he spilled like some sauce on the court or something that he was eating with his chicken tenders. It was so funny. Big Sean's like, I knew he was going to do that. I knew that was going to happen. This dude is balancing his food. We've all tried to do that, right? We've all tried to do that at a sports game where we've all balanced the, the food and the beer and try to watch the game at the same time. Dude just dropped his food. Happens to everybody. All right, let's transition to a little 49ers. Want to talk about what Kyle Shanahan had to say yesterday uh, on a couple of guys. Garoppolo flips it to the near side. Close to the goal line. He's going to be marked out at the one. I don't see anything hitting out of bounds before that ball crosses the goal line from the sideline view. And from my other view, I think the football is inside the pylon. I think there's a good chance this is this is looked at and they make this a touchdown. Well, the 49ers are celebrating. After review, it is a touchdown. The game is over. Of course, credit CBS for that audio. Greg Gumbel on the play-by-play call. And I, I want to talk about Nick Bosa in just a second, just to look at the raw data and see what kind of case he has as a defensive player of the year this year. But Brandon Ayuk, I think it was a fascinating case study of the Kyle Shanahan doghouse this year because Dante Pettis went into the doghouse after having a good rookie season speaking of which the doghouse that's coming up tomorrow looking forward to that but with Dante Pettis it didn't work he didn't show that he had the capability to make it in Kyle Shanahan's offense or to at least live up to Kyle Shanahan's expectations of an early round wide receiver. They took Brandon Ayuk in the first round, and everyone was wondering, why did it take eight games to get to this point? Well, Brandon Ayuk is looking just as motivated as I've ever seen. Now they're getting the ball to him. That's that's clear. But I, I wonder, do we really think that Kyle Shanahan was in the wrong for maybe not playing him at the beginning of the season because Kyle Shanahan knew there was something going on, something that he didn't like, and we were so against it. So against it because he was one of the most talented players on the team, and what we saw in his rookie season, you think, wow, you got to be boneheaded as a coach as to not play him. But here's what Kyle Shanahan had to say yesterday uh, about Brandon Ayuk. Now, I don't have the sound for you, and I had the clip pulled up, and then my computer just went out yet again. All right, here we go. The question was, can you just speak to Brandon Ayuk gaining more trust with you and his improvement since the beginning of the season? Kyle Shanahan said, yeah, each week now, and it's been a number of weeks in a row. I think you guys know when I started talking about it. It's probably been over the last six weeks, but he's been getting better every time he plays football, whether it's practice or whether it's games. And it wasn't that way early on in camp, not from a lack of effort, but there's been something here that just is his attention to detail and the literal th- littler things that's been very impressive. I don't know how the hell Kyle Shanahan said littler. He's a very smart guy. I think he's grown up a lot in these last few months, just communicating with the quarterbacks better, with the coaches, and really fun to coach here. It's been fun to watch him have some success doing it, and me, and the whole team is appreciating it. He's grown up a lot this season. I think that speaks volumes right there. I think that speaks volumes because sometimes the talent that these players do have... Well, if they don't have the right attitude going about it, that's not how this team operates. Seeing how this worked and seeing that Brandon Ayuk is starting to show out and they're drawing up more plays for him, doesn't this make you like Kyle Shanahan a little bit more? Doesn't this make you think, oh, he understands what he wants from these wide receivers. He sets a bar for them. Now, granted, you may be angry because, you know, he's a talented guy and you want to see him get more touches on the field. Sure, I understand that. You want to see him get 12 targets a game, whatever it was. Hell, you want to see him get that trick play 
I'm telling you, Kyle Shanahan wants nothing more this season other than a Super Bowl. I think, number one, Kyle Shanahan wants a Super Bowl win. Number two, he wants a wide receiver to throw a touchdown. I swear, he's going to do it every single game until it works. This last time, it didn't work. They snuffed it out. And Ayuk ran for four yards. The other time, I think it was Jawan Jennings who was going to be the one throwing the pass. George Kittle just got knocked down by the defender. It was DPI, and it probably would have been a touchdown, so it might have been a good play on his part. But with Ayuk, though, seeing how he's been doing these past few weeks, seeing that he's grown as a player, clearly he's lived up to Kyle Shanahan's standards. Don't you want that? Don't you want that from your head coach, a guy who doesn't necessarily care how talented you are? If you're not showing him what you what he wants to see in training camp, in the locker room, in the film room, whatever it is, isn't there something about that that you kind of like? Especially for a young player on Ayuk who's still a young, impressionable guy. And, and look, he's been broken wide open here. He's clearly out of that Kyle Shanahan doghouse, whatever it is. And it seems to have worked. If you would have just gone out there and played him, who knows? Who knows? But right now, he's playing very well, and they are giving him the targets uh, that are necessary. But I'm telling you, man, I'm telling you, <laughs> there's going to be a time where Shanahan, every single game from here on out, tries to get a wide receiver to throw a touchdown just once. Just once. This next time, who knows? Probably going to be Debo Samuel. Hey, Debo, play running back for us. We're not going to give you any targets anymore. We're just going to give you maybe one, two targets a game at the most three. Oh, if we hit three, that means all hope is lost. But we're going to give you carries, though. And on those carries, you're going to score from 26, 27 yards out, whatever it is. But you're also going to play quarterback, Debo. You're going to play quarterback in this next game. Hell, has there been a... there? I'm sure there's been a player, right? I'm sure there's been a, a player out there who's thrown a touchdown, ran for a touchdown, and caught a touchdown in the same game. Pretty sure there's, there has there's had to have been a player uh, that's done that. So I, I maybe it's Debo Samuel. I don't know when they motion him around behind the line of scrimmage, get him to the outside. Jimmy Garoppolo tosses it, then Debo drops back to pass George Kittle wide open. Boom! Hit him in stride. <laughs> I can see that happening. I can see that happening. Uh, speaking of another player who's been showing out, really. We didn't see it last season because he got injured, but ever since his rookie year, uh, Nick Bosa, he showed so much in that rookie year, showed so much promise. Prior to 2020, he had this comment before training camp, which I found very interesting, when he said that he was just going into the games his rookie season without much of a plan. He was just relying solely on his athleticism and his strength to get by the tackles. He was going to go into the 2020 year with a game plan. And obviously the 2020 season was cut short. So you come up to this year, and now he's got 14 sacks on the season, tied with Robert Quinn from the Chicago Bears. Miles Garrett has 15, T.J. Watt has 16. T.J. Watt tweaked his groin uh, this last week and was out for a, uh, for the game, but it doesn't look like it's a serious injury. There's a chance that he's even going to be coming back this week. So T.J. Watt actually has a chance to break Michael Strahan's sack record of 22.5 in a season, which is very impressive. It's been one of the more uh, uh, unknown—has Taysom Hill done that from the 415? Taysom Hill? I'll have to, I'll have to be looking—I'll have to look at it up. I'll have to look it up. But back to my uh, uh, Defensive Player of the Year point here. I mean, if Nick Bosa keeps this up, Shasky mentioned it at the top of the morning roast show yesterday. He mentioned it, said nine sacks in the last seven games. And this last one, if Nick Bosa wasn't on this defense, hell, I'm not so sure that the 49ers win that game. Because Nick Bosa, I know Samson Ebukam got the sack, but Nick Bosa, along with Charles Orton, actually, it was Arden Key on this one. Nick Bosa and Arden Key on the left side of the line completely blew things up and left Ebukam wide open to get the sack on Joe Burrow. And they sacked him five times in that game. He had two and a half. But as Nick Bosa's uh, games look, in his 13 games played, he's also had three forced fumbles. 
He's had 34 solo tackles. Miles Garrett has only had 28. He's hit the quarterback 28 times. And he leads all defenders right now in tackles for loss with 18. Next up is Micah Parsons with 17. Then you got TJ Watt with 16. And I'm not really sure how they quantify that because some sacks count as quarterback hits, some don't. Depends on whatever publication that you're looking at. But man, Nick Bosa has been a force this season. And TJ Watt... You know, he has one of the best, if not the best, defensive tackle in the game working alongside him in Cameron Hayward. Now, we saw what Nick Bosa did his rookie season with a guy like DeForest Buckner. I understand DJ Jones has been fantastic, but he doesn't take up the attention like those guys do up the middle. Can you imagine having another guy who commands double teams the way that Nick Bosa does, except on the inside? Can you imagine the impact that he can make? Hell, I'm I'm not putting it past him at this point with how good he is and with how good those top three guys are that I just mentioned. With him, Miles Garrett, and T.J. Watt. If T.J. Watt doesn't break the sack record this season, if he doesn't get the 22.5, I don't think that it's far-fetched to say, oh, Nick Bosa could possibly do it. Miles Garrett could possibly do it. Those guys are just... Those guys are beasts, man. Those guys are beasts. I said this early on in the season. I This was bi week content because we didn't have any football going on. I was saying I'd be, I'd be in to see a five-on-five game where all the pass rushers, all the edge defenders play a pickup game of basketball. I'd pay you to watch that. Where you just got a bunch of Zion Williamson's running around, and by the way, anyone making anyone making fun of Zion Williamson for being the fat guy, dude's got so much muscle. Like, come on, come on. I know he's gained a lot of weight, and you want him to, you need him to reach a certain expectation here. But I mean, come on. Also, bad angle in that photo. But Nick Bosa has been fantastic this year. I don't know if he's going to win Defensive Player of the Year if T.J. Watt takes up that sack record. But man, if he continues to play the way that he's playing, it's certainly going to be a conversation. And he's one of the most fun players to watch in the NFL when you just single him out over everyone else on specific plays. On specific plays. All right. LT in his GOAT year. How about that? How about that? From the 650, don't like TJ is getting that extra game to break the record. And from the 574, there were three players who have the triple crown LT, David Patton, and Walter Payton. Telling you, Debo Samuel could be on that list. One rushing touchdown, one receiving touchdown, and one passing touchdown all in the same game. I could see that happening with how much Kyle Shanahan wants to see his wide receiver throw a touchdown. And someone said, no, Steven, this is not high school. It's the NFL. So Shanahan holds the talent back. That could have been the reason they lost games in the beginning of the season because he didn't like what he was doing. Shanahan's lucky Ayuk is that dude. Plus, remember, he yelled at Shanahan for not playing him. Credit to player, not Shanahan. Okay. All right, whatever you want to say about that, that's fine. I, I see that side of your point. I see that side of it. I'm not going to even disagree with you there. All right, that's going to do it for me. I've gone over to, over the time way too long. Bonte Hill, Joe the Butcher Wojcicki, they're coming up next on the Morning Roast. you got me and producer John Curley behind the glass up until 9 o'clock. And as always, go sports. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.